So glad you're here with us this morning. Wow, did anybody pick up on the consistent theme of pretty much every song that we sang this morning? It's that our praises matter. What comes out of our mouth matters. How we speak, who we speak to, man, I, I was looking for it because part of what I want to just share this morning briefly before we have our dear brother Jared Dorsch come and share with us the scripture that was given to me. You know, it's New Year's, Happy New Year's to everybody, all that. Um, I don't know about you, but I celebrated New Year's at 6.30 this morning. Um, not until 6.30 this morning, but at 6.30 this morning when I woke up. Um, a lot of changes. As <laughs> got some thumbs up from folks, right? I think I knew when it happened because I heard some distant fireworks outside my bedroom window, but... Um, I was once the one shooting those up, and as recent as last year, but not this year. This year, it just seemed better to be sleeping um, and uh, celebrated in the morning, but we're just glad you're here with us, and uh, you know, it, we, we call it a new season. It's a new year on the calendar, and for those who get our email and you're aware of what we're doing as a church, we're just calling January a season of fasting, and uh, it's something that it's very scriptural. We have some handouts at the back, a piece of paper with just all the information you can pretty much fit on a piece of paper that uh, Pastor Rich Caliendo has put together for us. Uh, it's, it's exhaustive, but it's very small and condensed, and it's just, it's really great. If you've never fasted, people think that it needs to look a certain way, but it just needs to be whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart that it needs to be for you. It could be social media. It could, like we can guess at a lot of things. For some people, it is a legitimate fasting of food and and uh, anything that's savory and just drinking water, staying hydrated. We don't want people doing things that are going to get them uh, into physical problems. But when we uh, just address the flesh part of us that craves things and desires things, some of those things are, are great and wonderful, and some of them just they detract from our life, and they can become too much. And a season of fasting is kind of like a reset, and it's the beginning of the year. It's a good time to do it. But we're believing God for fresh vision, for fresh understanding of what he wants us to do as a church family We've got great ideas. We have uh, 90 acres already secured and almost paid off that we're going to do something that he'll show us to do that's going to be a great blessing, not just to those who are here now, but to the community at large. As the darkness increases, we want to be a light on a hill, and that's exactly what this geographical site will be. It will be a site where you'll see the cross on top of our building from the throughway. It's going to be awesome, and it's something special that God's called us to accomplish, and um, so we don't know what steps we'll be able to take this year. But we're continuing to move forward in that direction. That's just the practical part. But I just sensed this morning as we heard the prophetic word come forth that the, the, the harvest, every, the provision for our lives is in the harvest. It works in agriculture, right? If you leave it out in the field, you don't benefit. You can have the greatest crop of corn, but if you don't go out and get it and bring it into the barn before it goes bad, it's of no benefit to anyone. And so the provision is in the harvest. And as God brings people into his kingdom, as he enlightens hearts and draws them to himself, the provision that we need as a body to continue to go forward is going to be found in those who have been reached in the harvest. And so we don't want to get distracted with big, so I don't talk too much about it because I know that if we focus on the harvest, which is people, it's souls, we're going to discover, we're going to turn around and discover that, oh, the, the resources we need to accomplish what we want to accomplish in the natural is going to already be found as we focus on getting the harvest out of the field and into the barn. And so I just want to just say that uh, as a New Year's, January 1st, uh, just encouragement to you, consider what the Lord would have you to sacrificially say no to 
for a bit of time. You can choose 21 days. You can choose 30 days. You can just do it until you feel like it's time for you to move on. And the Lord, just be in, be in contact with the Lord in this time. What you're going to discover is that without him, you really have no hope of pulling off the strength that we require to resist the flesh in any way. It can only come from the spirit. The works of the flesh just cannot uh, bring any benefit to our life. And so consider what that is. Uh, we'll mention it a couple times in the next Sunday or two. And doesn't have to start today or tomorrow. Just be led by the Spirit. Be praying. Say, Lord, what would you uh, direct me in? Uh, something that I could intentionally decline that I want to do that you will um, be honored by. And so it just, without taking up too much time, I don't want to, I, I feel like this charge from the Spirit that I can't rush what I need to say. I'm going to try to minimize what it is that I want to say and save some for later. But there is something that's just been stirring in my heart. We've been going through the book of uh, Peter, first chapter, or the second chapter of First Peter, and I want to just read this text, because this is the next, it's verses 9 and 10, and this is the next part of the text that we're up to, and it's just so fitting with the scripture that I believe the Lord gave me for uh, just proclaiming over us for this next year that we're in. And in verse 9 of First Peter chapter 2, I'll read this in the New King James Version, it says, Peter, Peter says this, he says, but you are a chosen generation. I love when we just sang about he's enthroned on the praises of a thousand generations. But we don't have access to a thousand generations. We have access to this one. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, will he be enthroned? Will he have authority? Will we give him that authority over our sphere in our generation through the praises that we give to him? Because there's tons of scripture, and I think the next few messages I preach are going to circulate around this reality of the power of our praise. What we choose to declare in the face of whatever our lives are up against is so powerful in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm, where things that shift there have impact here. So many of our efforts that become exhausting is because we're trying to do stuff in the natural to impact what needs to happen from a spiritual place of power and authority. And it's exhausting and you burn out and you just think it doesn't work. But it's because you're not accessing it by the power that's available in the spirit to then move on natural situations. And it's, he's, Peter's telling uh, his readers, he says, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Then I love this next phrase because it tells us why he's become all these things and why he's made us all these things. He says, chosen generation means he chose to use us in our generation. A royal priesthood, that speaks of authority and power and royalty, which is governance and leadership. A holy nation, holy meaning set apart for the purposes that he has through the kingdom he's called us to. Then it's very clear, his own special people. God is a possessive person. He is possessive. He is jealous. He reveals much of his personality, but he desires something from us. And this next phrase tells us why he is and why he has made us these things, why he's chosen us as his special people. It says this, so that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The reason he saved us and called us to reach this generation, to reach the harvest, is simply so that our praise, his praise would be found in our lips. That the fruit of our lips, the sacrifice of praise, some of these things we've been touching on, and I just think it's amazing how it's all coming together so clearly that there is a purpose for why he has done for us what he's done for us, and it's simply so that we would live a life of perpetual thanksgiving and praise. Thessalonians, in everything, give thanks. 
Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Not for everything necessarily, but in everything. Give thanks, sing praises, rejoice always. Why? There's something deep that's going on that changes our own hearts inside, but it's a witness to this world because as soon as things don't go right for them, guess what they do? Complain. Any of us guilty of that? When Israel complained because things weren't going the way that they liked it in the Old Testament, it didn't always work out good for them. Some of the most abrupt acts of God against humanity came when simple, just complaining spirit would get a hold of his chosen people, his royal priesthood, his holy nation. When they began to complain and fall prey to the attitudes of this world, suddenly some of the swiftest judgments were exercised on on people because there's something that gives possess there's a there's an enthronement upon the praise of our people that I think the spirit realm understands he's empowered enthroned refers to power he's enthroned he's empowered by our praise and the enemy is also bound in fetters of iron by the praises of the people of God there's a spiritual power that's unleashed when we simply choose to close our eyes tune out everything that's going right going wrong it doesn't matter and just simply say God you're amazing you're wonderful you're an awesome God these songs that use words and phrases like awesome God, you know why they're so powerful? Because they're affecting change in the spirit realm. Things are shifting. Things are having to move because when he's, he's enthroned. He's empowered on the praises of his people. And he's also diminished. I believe his influence is diminished upon the complaints of his people. We've got to guard ourselves because this is a culture where the louder you complain, the more you get. The more you committed you are, the more attorneys you have us on the side of your complaint the more you're rewarded. Think about it. This is a real, I'm not against attorneys. We need attorneys. But we need to not be a complaining people. We need to be able to give thanks and to rejoice in the midst of, when you're gonna, we're going to go through, so I feel like this is part of the, the theme of this year is going to be how, what sets us apart because they're supposed to come to us. The world and the lost are supposed to come to us. We heard the charge to go and to speak and to share, but they're supposed to come to us too. And say, what the heck is it that you have? The hope that's in you. I don't have that hope. It just seems dark. All I see is darkness. But you, you see something else. You are the light. You see the light. And I need to hear where that's coming from. That's what the Bible clearly says will be the mark of those who believe in a dark generation. We've got to realize it's what comes out of our mouth when the pressure comes on our lives. That we have to realize. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy and it may not come natural. But we've got to make a choice and say, Lord, you're enthroned when I praise you over the affairs of my life. And therefore, I'm going to praise you in the midst of the storm. Or I'm going to praise you when everything's not making sense and when it's making sense. I think it's so important. I think it's more than just, oh, we need to sing more songs and maybe I'll listen to more Christian music. No, it's about something in your heart that chooses to praise him, chooses to say, Lord, I know that there's power when I praise your name, when I talk about how good you are and I sing songs and this joy is found in my heart. I know there's something that's shifting. And so let's just, let me give you the scripture let me finish the one that we're in. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light as we proclaim the praises of him who once were not a people but are now the people of God. We were once outside of this reality, and he has brought us in. It says that once we had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. That's Peter. I hope you're reading through Peter. I hope you're absorbing some of what's there. But now let's look at this scripture that I want to close with, and it's, Philippians chapter 4, as time has progressed, as things seem to be 
uh, it's just gullible people continue to believe the lies that are surrounding and now, unfortunately, able to be aired through mass means of, of communication. The dimness seems to be getting dimmer. And because of that, there's anxiety. The first thing we face as children is often fear of the dark. Right? Kids get to it, they're like, leave the light on. Can I have a nightlight? There's something about the dark that's just intimidating. Why is it that we, as an instinct, are afraid of the dark? You can't see in the dark. You have to kind of hope the best in the dark. you got to believe that what you think is under the bed is actually not really there as a kid. It's part of what we, it's just instinctive. It's getting darker out. So what do you think is going to grow in our generation? Anxiety and fear. And so this is, a, this is a critical, I would say a key, but no, it's critical that we as God's people in this age that we live in grasp this and realize it's not something that's just an accessory to our walk of faith. It is the core fundamental foundation of it. In verse 6 it says, Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing. That's easy to say, but it's another thing to walk out. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, not for everything, but in every situation, everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Mixing those two things together is such a critical part of maintaining faith. Yes, we pray in our weakness. In our weakness, he's strong. In our supplication, that means like, Lord, please. We're, we're, we're like, there's a desperation implied when you say supplication. But he says, when you do it in everything with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. This is what we need, folks. This is what I need. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In other words, don't try to figure it out. Just embrace it. When that peace comes to your life, you can just breathe deep and you don't even have to try to explain it. You just know it's there. <laughs> surpasses all understanding. It says this peace, the peace of God, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I need someone standing guard. That's got the tools and the weapons to stand guard over the gate of my mind and my heart. Someone that's there when I'm sleeping. Someone that's there when I'm needing to fall asleep, if maybe that's your situation. You need to know there is someone guarding you. It comes through being anxious for nothing, but in everything praying and pleading with the Lord, but with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and praise are connected. You begin to praise him. You begin to feel how good he is. You begin to realize, man, I have so much to be thankful for. They're so entwined. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. There's a movement towards God that thanksgiving and praise is such a key part of. This is going to set us apart. I, I'm quick to complain. I'll be the first one to admit it. I often have to catch myself after it's almost already too late and realize, oh, that's, I'm doing what I just preached about not doing. But we can catch ourselves. And we can be marked as a people who are just so blessed by what God has done for us and what he's promised us that we're just busy praising him. And that's going to set us apart. I want to read that text just in the New Living Translation, and I'm going to be finished with what I'm choosing to be finished with, because there's so much to this. It says, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. That would probably make a good t-shirt, wouldn't it? Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. That's sometimes the part that I can forget when I'm in a desperate place. As you just jump into, Lord, Lord, but we forget how faithful he's been. And it's as we remember how faithful and we're thankful for that, that suddenly our intercession and our prayer and our, we have a different level of faith that comes in when we're asking him for what we really need. Because we've proven to ourselves how faithful he's already been. And we've declared it. And the spiritual realm is taking note 
There's power in our testimony, right? Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Just want to kick off the year with that charge, challenge, that statement, that scripture. The songs that we sang this morning, they all had an element of it in there. Our praises make a difference. It's hard to be down and discouraged and just walking around when you lift up your face and you just begin to say, thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm here. I'm here so that I can complain today. Thank you for that. And very quickly, he'll help you see that you've got so much to be thankful for. We all do. We're here. We're breathing. We, we have the chance. Let everything that has breath do what? Praise the Lord. This is our purpose. This is his plan for us. Why? Because in it, how many times in Israel? We're going to stop there, but he'd send the praising tribe out in front of the army. Nations don't do that. You don't put the musicians out in front of the guys with the artillery and the cannons and the bows and the spears and the swords. That's like insane. But we're not any nation. We're a holy nation. We're a chosen people called out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's why we can do things different. And it's going to get the attention of your family members. It's going to get the attention of your coworkers. It's going to get the attention of the people that God wants to draw to himself this year. The provisions and the harvest. Let's not forget that they're looking at us. They're watching to see what our attitude and our responses are going to be. So I just want to encourage you with that. Brother Jared, well, you can talk about the meeting after church and everything you've got going on, but we're just so blessed at what's happening in Poland, the doors that are opening, questions getting answered, opportunities that just seem to be coming out of out of every, everywhere, and just for those who are preparing to go, we're just so blessed. And so, I don't have to pass this. You've got it. I love you, brother. Let's welcome Jerry. We'll see if you want to clap when I'm done. Huh. <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't even know how you follow that up. It really is in your praise. I think sometimes is I think sometimes as believers we forget what it is to praise God. We forget what it is to, to just glorify God in our day. We get trapped in the mundane of the normalcy of what we do with life. And it's so easy to get caught up with what Josh was saying with the worship. It all ties in. I think what God's given me 6.4 hours to preach to you today. And um, the <laughs> Okay, some of you did get sleep last night. Good. I'm glad you caught that. But there's this reality where sometimes we, we, we just forget. We forget. I think often my wife's been over the last few months, year maybe, just one of these scriptures just keep rolling around and it's like you forgot the joy of your salvation you forgot the joy of the beginnings of what set you on fire got you set free put you at a place where you wanted to praise God I remember wanting to praise God because I had no idea what I was doing anyone been there just there's a few of us I mean, I remember when I walked through the doors of King's Fire Church, I remember coming up the stairs not knowing what hit me, hearing uh, people singing 
in tongues, praying in tongues, worshiping God, dancing for Jesus. And I'm like, I don't know what they're doing, but I'm going to join them. Not because of what, just what they were doing. The freedom that they had set me free in a sense. But the reality was that they had something that I wanted. But in the presence of God, everything changes. And if you get in the presence of God and nothing changes, can I take your pulse? Just being, I get in the, I'm a, I'm a full-time missionary. I was just ordained. I feel so proper now. Now, like the pressure's on. No, I'm joking. But I still get in the presence of God and I feel small. I feel weak. I feel like, why me? Not because I don't think or know that He loves me. Because sometimes we forget how frail we actually are. Created from dust, to dust will return. There's a part of us, that, that, that there's a frailty of man that realizes within itself that we can only do what we're empowered to do. And some of it comes through gifts. So I, 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 you know, when I was younger, I had, a, I guess, a semi-gift of sports to some degree. I had to work really hard at it, but it was in me. I was a good basketball player because it was in me. I still had to work at it. This, this walking with God still takes effort on our part. It's not that we can work ourselves into His salvation. But we, when we partner with Him, faith without works is dead. It starts with faith, it ends with faith, but there's action in between. There's a go ye, there's, a, there's a, the weapons of our warfare. There's, there's you know, what Josh, the scripture Josh was sharing. Take everything to God. Giving thanks in all things. Doesn't matter how that feels. You know how much of a battle that can feel like. The battlefields of mind. How many words in the, in the Bible that, that explain an actionary reality to our kingdom walk. Not because we can do it. He's done it in us. We've got to partner with what He's done. But it still requires something of us. Yeah. Bible says actually this had, had nothing to do with what I wanted to share. But it says... something we always forget. Paul said, I crucify the flesh daily. There's a reality that we've got an action to partake in. Not, not to be saved. Not to, not to show the glory of God. Not to become something we aren't, but to partner with who He is in us. What He's done in us. The position we have before Him as sons and daughters. The scriptures Josh was reading is, as we were singing, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I sing that with emphaticness because I feel it should be latent with explanation. Those things. (laughs) Got a line, dot at the bottom. You know what it is. I obviously did well in English class growing up. No, I was playing basketball. That's my problem. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. This morning, well, this week, I just am thinking about today and thinking about everything that's going on and thinking about where we are. I had 48 messages running through me. I'm just going to be honest with you. 
even to this morning, even to about the time I walked out the door. I had an idea. I had something in me that I knew God wanted to share. All funny that, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You got to remember there's something in you that needs to be shared, not should be, not could be, needs to be shared. There's something in all of us that has to come out of us for us to shine, for us to reflect. Right now I got light shining in my face, so I know I look bright, but there's something where we reflect His glory, where we reflect what He's given us, where we give to somebody else, something that was a free gift to us. I guess that's where I'll go to the Scriptures. Because I was just thinking, and as we were praying, as we were worshiping God, everything came flooding into me. This reality that I am a child of God. I'm free. I just want to read these scriptures from John chapter 8, starting verse 31. <laughs> you can tell technology is starting to creep in everywhere, right? Not that it hasn't been forever. Yeah, you hear like four people turning their Bibles. <laughs> it's just it's funny. It just hit me. I'm like, whoa. Well, I'm not even that old. <laughs> My wife would maybe disagree. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. It's a pretty powerful reality. Then it goes on and says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. Free. Who, who yelled that out? I like that. The truth shall make you free. Not partially free. Free. Period. Not I'm free from a few things. Free. I'm not free because the government said I'm free. I'm not free because America was founded on certain inalienable rights of, of freedom. I am free because I've received the truth that has set me free. Everything from your life should stem from that truth and that truth alone. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. Funny that. never been in bondage. Can I be honest with you? Traveling around the world, sometimes I think Americans forget that freedom came at a cost. I think sometimes we forget what it would be like to be in bondage because we have no concept of it. It's happening, whether you realize it or not. But the reality is we, we sometimes lose sight of it. And what I was thinking of this morning, I was thinking of the reality that I was once bound. I was bound. While we were worshiping God, I had this image run through me of, I don't know, how many of you have ever seen a movie where, you know, maybe it's the chosen, I, I haven't even seen the chosen, or some movie where someone's in shackles, like tied to a wall, like old, uh, you know, kingdom movies from England or, or stuff like that. Anyone seen a movie like that? And there's someone shackled, 
you know, with their arms and legs. And, and, and in all the English movies, I was probably because I was in England for so long the last couple of years, they're, they're, they're in the castle, you know, they're in the dungeon, they got shackles on their arms, and someone comes to the front and, like, says something to them, and they, they run as far as they can, but their arms are tied back to them because they're bound. And they can't, they can't, there's no more exclamation than the voice. There's no more exclamation than what they can say, what they can confess. I was bound. When I was younger, I was bound. When I was walking in the world, I was bound. My hands were tied behind my back. And no matter how hard I yelled and screamed and tried and tried and tried and tried, I was bound. It didn't matter what I had. It didn't matter who I knew. I was bound. There was something in me that was bound. It was chained to the ground. I couldn't, I, I, I wanted to run at someone and smack them upside the head. I don't know. I played rugby. What do you know? I mean, it's, it just happens. But I was bound. I wanted to, I wanted to scream out. I wanted to d- react in some form of fashion. But I was bound. I was chained. It wasn't until I met Jesus Christ that I actually became free. That I began to realize that the chains of my bondage were nothing more than a lie and a figment of truth. It was a false reality. It was a false version of freedom. It didn't, you know, oh, I got a car, I'm free. When, you know, I remember when I was, I think it's all changed. We were kids when we got licenses back then, I guess. I don't know. I was like, 14 or something, I got my license. I'm from farm country, Kansas, man. At 13, you could get your license if you're a farmer. Literally, you own enough acreage, 13 years old. Have fun. You know, there's a license. There's something that hits you. You're like, ooh, I'm free. I can now leave the house. I can go to the store. I can do whatever I want. There's this freedom to you. But what you realize, older you get, it's not really a freedom. It comes with bills. It comes with insurance. It comes with car payments. It's a false reality of freedom. And you're still bound by the continental United States, technically speaking. You're still, you're still locked by land at some point. Now, I've driven from coast to coast I don't know how many times, more than I want to count. It's been fun. A long drive, man. How many have done that drive? Coast to, oh, there's quite a few. See, I love this. You're travelers. A bunch of Travelers. But there's something about it that, that this, there's this version of freedom that the world will feed you. You grab a hold of and you're like, oh, I'm free. And then I realize I'm not. You know, I thought getting out of debt when I was younger, I'd be free. And then I wasn't. There's always another bill, something better to buy, a nicer this, a nicer that, better food. It's all calories. Just eat them, whatever. Well, you know what I mean? My wife's like, uh-uh. She, was, uh, she grew up around like five-star chefs, so when she married me, I was Navy, right? So I was like, I'll eat anything that you put in front of me. It doesn't matter what it smells like, how old it is. I'll scrape the mold off, probably go to town. It doesn't matter to me. She's like, I won't touch it. <laughs> she won't touch Even now, I got to be careful. I got to make sure she gets the right food. Otherwise, I'm in trouble. But I was, I was bound and now I'm free. Do you understand that? My question is, why do we go back to being bound? We, we, we go back to bondage. We go back 
Thank you, Jesus. So last night I was talking with someone and a comet came out of my mouth. Not literally. Sorry. Comet, the word comet, like the, the, the you know, the, here we go. The, the shiny thing, comet, C-O-M-E-T. I tried to say it sounds like comment, doesn't it? Yeah, see, that's what you thought I said, right? I'll put the glasses on, it'll help my mouth. That's what it is. But the meteor, yeah, I like comet better. No, comets are different, actually. So anyway, comet. So I had this image of a comet the whole time I'm preparing for this message. I'm like, why, Lord, why, Lord, why? And then I begin to look at what a comet was and look at how a comet was built. A comet, just quick science lesson, whether you believe me or not, don't really care. It's the visual for you today. But quick science lesson, a comet's basically a dirty snowball. I mean, in layman's terms, it's a dirty snowball. It's a big ball of, of rock and ice, effectively, with some weird stuff in there as well. Um, and, and what a comet does is while it's moving at ridiculous speeds, it, it has a tail and it, and, and it gives off light. And I was like, Lord, like, I get the comet out of my head. Because I'm like, I don't understand how this is going to work today. This morning, I'm like, I still don't see how this fits. And then it hit me during worship. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Can you say, I'm free? Okay, so you're a comet. If you are free in Christ Jesus, you are a comet. You are a mix of clay, a.k.a. rock, and ice, water, Holy Spirit. He's already in you. You're a comet. Now, the interesting thing to me is I begin to see this. I begin to see a comet. I begin to see how a comet reacts. You know, the comet only is visible and is only seeable, and you can only see as a bright light from it when it's reacted on by the power of the sun. It's not the light of the sun. It's the solar winds. It's a power that leaves from the sun that reacts to the comet that gives off a glorious light. Josh was talking about being a glorious light, being a light. And as I begin to see this, I begin to realize I once was a comet, but I didn't realize what I was. And it wasn't until I met Jesus Christ that he... he, impacted me, the solar wind hit me, and I begin to give off light. Now, I couldn't always see my own light. I don't need to see my own light. Don't really care. I know it's there because he said it's there, and that's good enough for me. And when I begin to see it, I begin to see the reality. So when, when this solar flare, when it reacts with the comet, when it, when it smacks into the comet, the comet begins to break apart. Now, comet in general, give or take, is one kilometer to maybe 12 tops usually sometimes there's a freak one that's larger than that for those of you oh shoot i have to do it in miles 1.6 kilometers a mile there you go four times around the track <laughs> that's all i know but so so that's all the bigger a comet is but they're huge in the sky because when the sun's power reacts with the comet, they call it the coma, which some people are in some days, <laughs> grows to be a thousand times larger than the comet. Well, what is that? To me, it's a reflection of the glory of the Lord on you. 
When you react with the power of God, when you react with the presence and the person of Jesus Christ, when you come into that alignment, when you direct your face towards Him, you, there's a reaction that you can't contain that's bigger than you, that's bigger than all of us, and it's where we have the impact to go ye therefore. Remember, we have to act with Him. Faith without works is dead. I'm going to keep reading. I'm getting too excited. They answered him, we are of Abraham's descendants and never been in the bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Some of you need to just sing that song over and over to begin your new year. To remind yourself of who you are in Him. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin and who does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, I love those words, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. What does that have to do with a comment? Well, I begin to think and pray and ask God, God, what, what, was, what was it like for me? Because I can only tell you what I have. We're set free by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We're set free by the truth. If I'm testifying you of what God's done in my life, that's the truth. I'm not making it up to make you feel good about yourself. My story's not that cool. I'm not a good storyteller necessarily, although I hope today I am. But the reality is, is that when we get a hold of what He's done in us, Things shift, they change. When, when, when the comet, when the, when the sun's power reacts with the comet, when it impacts, it's not really a reaction, it's an impact. If you haven't been impacted by the power of God, impacted by the love of Christ, impacted by the glory of God, today's your day. Let it be today. Stop waiting for it to happen and just receive it by faith. By faith we receive those things. But it's, when, when that happens, things begin to break apart. The comet actually begins to melt. Some of us need defrosted. I'm just being serious. Some of us need, need defrosted. We kind of get comfortable with our dirty snowball. We get comfortable with our shape, what it looks like. We know, you know, the longer we spin as the same snowball, we begin to recognize bits of that snowball and we become comfortable with them. Why would I need to change? I love Jesus. I'm good. Jesus, last I checked, calls us from glory to glory and strength to strength. I can't do that looking the same. It's going to cost me something. There's a whole lot in here. When I begin to walk with Jesus, when I walk through those doors and begin to walk with Jesus, things became apparent to me that I was going to lose some stuff. The change in my life should be apparent to those around me. I shouldn't look like the world, and I'm darn proud if I don't. Now, do I have moments where I still do? Of course. Is it with intent? No. But when I realize it is, I'll repent. Because I want to be a reflection of Christ Jesus. I want to look like Him. He didn't need that. He was that. And when I begin to see this comet, I begin to see the tail. And I was like, oh, the tail is kind of a cool bit, right? It's, sometimes it's a real long streak. You ever seen a shooting star? Anyone in here? 
A few of you, I hope someday, just ask God someday. My wife asked him the other day, like two days later, we saw a shooting star. Pew! It was like a month ago or something like that, wasn't it? You know, believe in God if you, that's, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I want to go there. I'm not going there. I'm going there. Sorry, I just, I feel like Josh. You're like, there's so much. I'm trying to finish this fast. Jesus answered, this is in Mark chapter 11. Jesus had talked to the fig tree, said you'll never produce fruit again. The disciples walked by, the fruit, fig tree's dead. This is right before he's about to go to the cross. Just got to Jerusalem. Jesus said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive him, and you'll have him. When I, I don't know about you, but when I asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life, I believed that I was going to receive him. Did anyone ask that and not believe it? So if we know what to do, even as little children, just at the beginning of our inception, at the inception of our second birth, we trust Him to have His way in us, that He is who He says He is, and that, and that He's done what He said He did. Are you with me? If that's true, then when I receive Him, I have become free. It is a done deal. I become a comet staring at the sun. So that when He impacts me. Not just in one-offs, not just when someone lays their hands on you. When you read the Word, and the Word impacts you, and it does something to you, sometimes it's going to convict you, sometimes it's going to make you feel funny. For me, it really challenged me in a lot of ways, but also made me feel alive, and so many more. And I remember what it was like when that happened. And I remember to begin to proclaim that God has set me free, that I am free indeed. You know, the, the fastest voice to your ears is your own mouth. It's, I mean, look. I mean, some of you got bigger heads than others. So maybe it's shorter or longer. So I don't know. Just messing with you. I got a big dome. It's okay. But the fact is that when you are free, you need to realize who you are in Jesus. When, when Josh is reading those scriptures about be anxious for nothing in all things, give thanks by prayer and supplication. Give thanks to God so that you, the, the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. You need to say those things over you. It's one thing to preach them. It's one thing to believe them. It's a whole different thing to actually speak them out when you don't feel like it. It's a whole thing to say, no, I'm free when I feel bound. I'm free when I have a feeling of a fake chain that's not on me anymore because Jesus set me free and now I can run to Him. You know why I loved worship today and why I loved the songs that were chosen and some of the things that were going on, everything that was going through me. If, if, I, if I'm free, if I'm no longer bound by chains, I can now lift my arms to Him. And sometimes I, I get it, like, no, I'm doing that in my heart, brother, and that's fine, I'm cool, do what you want to do. But there's something that happens when we agree in the natural and force our bodies into that action. If I was like a comet, I would be running right now to Jesus. I would be running with my arms set free because He's worth every ounce of our praise, every ounce of our thanksgiving, and every ounce of our freedom. 
And what are you going to do with that freedom? Are you going to give it right back to them? Because you can't serve two masters. So I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to live the rest of my life with my arms spread like this. And, and when the dust and the stuff, that's, some of it breaks off of you, when you're melting down, when the fire of God and the glory of God is in your face, things come off of you. You're not going to look the same. You can't look the same. You can't go back and pick up. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we invert the tail of the comet. And we think, oh, if I have that from my past, and I get a hold of that, and that was an old revelation that, that's still valid, and I need to replant that in the front, and then, and then I'm going to climb myself to the top. That's not how you get to the glory of God. You get to the glory of God by reorienting your tail. Why do you think repentance is like turn to 180? reorient your tail. Don't worry about the dust and the debris. You know what's great about some of that? Some of that's fruit. Some of that's his fruit in your life. I'm not going to turn around and eat my own fruit. It's cool to see, but it's not where I'm going. And in God, when you are free and free indeed, you've got to give him your now. You've got to give him your right now, not your tomorrow. He said, don't worry about tomorrow, but be free now in Jesus' name. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. We're going to Poland soon. We have a meeting after this for those who are going. Not because of anything short of the fact that I'm free. Am I free to travel? Sure. But I'm free. I'm free in my heart to do what God says. I don't care if it's go to work from a nine to five. I don't care what he tells you to do. Just do it because you're free. Do it because with the freedom that you now have, you want to give it back to him. That's where the praise and the glory begins. You begin to thank you, Jesus. 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 Stand up with me right now and begin to thank God for all that he's done. Begin to praise his name for all that he's done. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say I'm, Say I'm free. Say I'm free. Say I'm free. Say I'm free. Do you believe it, saints? Do you believe it? Now give the Father praise in Jesus' name. I'm not going to pray for you to feel free today. I'm going to tell you you're free. I'm going to tell you in Jesus' name you're free. And I'm going to tell you if you don't know this Savior that I'm talking about, the one that sets you free, I'm here to meet with you. I'll pray with you. And I want you to be free today in Jesus' name. If you're feeling bound, I'm not going to lay hands on you. Lift your arms and say you're free. Lift your arms and praise the King. Lift your arms and glorify His name. Right now, on your own, lift your voices. Don't worry about what your neighbor's saying. Lift your arms and glorify the King. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your voices, saints. We can't be tired after two seconds. Do you only got two seconds of thankfulness in your body? Two seconds of praise in your body? Praise His name. Thank you, Jesus. As we sing this song, I want you to believe it with everything that's in you. Not to trick you into saying some special words, but if you know that you're free in your heart, 
because of what he's done. It's time we act like it. It's time we act free. Act a little crazy, that's all right. Dance for God, lift your voice, lift your song, but know who you are in Christ Jesus. You are free. Say it with me one last time. Say, I am free. Say, I am free. Say, I am free. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Be you. Don't let the devil rob what God has already established in your life. Don't let him convince you that you're not enough. You are enough because he is enough.